It's car con carne. Let's eat in the car. It's car con carne. To Carcon Carne, I'm James Van Osdell. This right here is what we waited 15, 16 months for the chance to sit inside the hideout. I'm here with Tim Totten. He is the owner. He's Hi. also a, a list of things. One of these days, I'll get a teleprompter, Tim. Uh, Tim is the founder, president, and owner of the hideout. He's a teacher, he's an activist, he's one of the strong voices behind Civil, the Chicago Independent Venue League. He served the U.S. Department of Education as the director of special projects, partnerships, and events. He's a friend of music. Thank He's you. He's a friend of ours. That's Tim. Thank you. Thank you. I, it is, how does it feel to be in here with life around you? Um, it feels really wonderful and really weird. We literally, this room was filled up with like boxes of t-shirts and stuff, like literally with, like five, six days ago. And we just opened up last week and we're only outside, but we, um, we, we, we were like, it feels really weird. And so, like, when we come in, it's like we're going into outer space. We're like, can we, without a mask? Yeah. We are vaccinated. And everybody, we request that everyone's vaccinated who comes here I, and I show a proof. I my way in tonight. Thank you. And so we are doing that, but it still feels weird to be walking around. And even at the hideout for, like, the last year, um, we changed the locks on the door because everyone had keys, all of our staff, and John Langford has a key to the hideout. Well, of course, John and Langford has a key to the hideout. He was a bit, you know, upset when he's like, you changed the lock, why, what did I do, you know? And, but we, we had all these keys and um, there, we were afraid that somebody might come in, might have it, so in a precaution, we changed the lock so that only like five of us had keys to it. And we've been like washing our hands, scrubbing everything. And in fact, this hideout, it, it looks the same. This is the same old hideout, but we actually, all of the ducks, we vacuumed out and scrubbed out. You had we, time. We, yes, this is what we've been doing the last year. We, we actually, the front HVAC system in our 100-year-old house that had been there for like 25 years, you know, we had a guy look at it. He's like, you need to replace it. So we did replace it and we have all new filters, but we painted. So actually this is the same old hideout, but it is really scrubbed up. So it feels actually to us really clean and, um, but weird, you know, to be in here. I, I'm not surprised to hear you say that everyone had a key to this place because when I think of hideout, if, you, if you've ever been to the hideout, it yeah. feels like family. It's, it's a very comfortable place. And it, yeah. it just it doesn't surprise me that, your extended family had access to the place. Well, it's funny you use the word family. Um, a, a number of years ago, I used to say we're like a family. And finally, one of our bartenders said to me, you know, Charlie Manson had a family. Okay. And that's what he called it. And so um, she said, we're not a cult. We're not a family. You don't choose your family. So we actually like we switched to the term community which I know that sounds really whatever, NPR, I don't know what, but it's bit. like- do I, get, right. do I get a tote bag for coming out tonight? You not only get a tote bag, but literally we did things for, because we were shut down and we needed to raise money to keep going. So initially it's like make t-shirts. So then we thought, 
what the hell? The government's got money. We can't get money from them. Let's make money. So John Langford, Steve Krakow, all these artists, they printed money. And we posted it, hideout money. And immediately, like, one of our lawyer friends was like, take it down, call it hideout coupons. It's like, oh, it's not coupons, it's money redeemable when you go to the hideout. Anyway, so we tried that. So then someone said, Jesus, you're making t-shirts, you're making coffee mugs, you gotta have a tote bag. And literally John Langford was like, I'll make a tote bag. So we, we did, and guess what? People love tote bags. So they love tote bags. I thought it was like, whoop, oh shit, who loves a tote bag, sorry. but. I know that's me. So, but uh, anyway, it's like, who loves a tote bag? And um, people do. So two of our biggest selling products was the one hitter, you know, that we had the dugout and like the tote bag, you know? All right, I'm sorry. All right, so what just happened, uh, this is a tragedy really. Tim knocked over a beer onto the closing time. Do that. The brand new album from Pine Valley Cosmonauts, John Lane, one of John Langford's bands. This is a song-by-song song reproduction of the classic debut album by Tom Waits. Uh, in fact, we'll talk to John Langford soon enough. I, I'm sorry. Uh, this record, pressed locally, of course, by Smash Plastic over there on Diversity. And Saturday night, as we're recording this, it is the, I don't know what it is, but on Saturday the 17th, Pine Valley Cosmonauts, right here at the hideout, performing these songs to benefit Civil, the Chicago Independent Venue League which uh, you could talk about the show. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm sorry about that, but that's typical, right? And, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm not, it's not like I'm not unused to tr- spilling beer in this is, bar. Is this your first time in a bar? It's like I feel like I like, haven't been, I've been out of practice, you yeah, know? Right, exactly. We're all off uh, right now. But um, I'm glad you mentioned Smash Plastic. One of the things that I love about Chicago, and it's something that we're always thinking about, is that we're a manufacturing town. We're an industrial town, and I love that. And I love that this album was not only, okay, this is what's great. The people on the album are from all over the world. So John has guys from the UK. There's Andrew Bird recorded, which is kind of what the cool thing is, is that all these people with Chicago roots they are living all over the country right now, and um, but they were home. So Andrew Bird recorded from his house, okay? Jeff Tweed recorded. Well, he's got a studio, okay? He recorded from there. The Hanson family recorded from their living room down in Albuquerque, New Mexico. So Brandy from these sparks, love them. Yes, yeah, so from Albuquerque to Los Angeles to New York City to somewhere in the UK, um, and, and in between, People were recording in their homes, but they still, it was a thing that was actually made in Chicago. So they, they, they did all of the production here and then Smash Plastic literally made the vinyl records right here in I Chicago. Going to Smash Plastic, watching them make, make records, that to me is more fun than going to the movies. Yeah. Like watching records be made, are you kidding me? I could do that all day long. Yeah, yeah, that's what, and that, yes. That it, it's a really cool component, I think, that we are a city where, and everything is valued, okay? So, and actually, like, um, Sheila Sachs is, is one of the people that did the artwork here, all right, on the album. All right. Her artwork is amazing. It's on all those Provident records, and she's fantastic. And made it right here. <laughs> Hello, Sheila. <laughs> and she made it, and, and so she does it right here in Chicago, and so the artwork is made here, and... 
Um, yeah. The artwork is made here, the, the, it's pressed here, um, it's produced here. So part of what the message was for closing time and that we've been saying with Chicago Independent Venue League is that everyone sees our venues. We are very visible. The Metro, Shubas, Lincoln Hall, the Hideout. We're, you know, we're smaller, but, you know, we're visible. Talia Hall. But the people that um, are affected by the shutdown are sound engineers, all right? The production people, the, the bartenders, the staff, all right? So the people on stage, the performers that are on this album are really paying homage to the working people that you don't see. So by them giving the money to Civil from this album is giving the money. There's over 70,000 people working at over 50 venues across the city of Chicago. 70,000 people. 70,000 people that work. Okay, there are over 50 venues that are part of Chicago Independent Venue League. So it's hard to believe 70,000. This bar right here has 34 people that work here. Okay, right now tonight, there's a bartender, there's a server, there's a sound person, there's a door person. All right, there's five people working just at this little bar. This is a small Venue. And this is a small venue. Yeah. So people don't realize that if you go to Metro, Italia Hall, there's a hundred people there. And it's like, what are they doing? Well, there's three guys on security. There's another person working, moving kegs. There's bar bags. Okay. And so, and, and so, and here's the problem. Those, most of the folks that work at our venues, they only work one or two nights a week. Okay. So they work like 10, 20 hours a week, but they're also in bands. Okay, but their bands are shut down. So there's this ecosystem. So there's 70,000 people, 30,000 are maybe in bands, so they're sound people, and they, they, they don't make enough, they make some money from their bands. It's the gig economy. Yeah, for sure. But they were, when the shutdown happened, the government would literally say, okay, if you want unemployment, show us your W-2s, your w nine. show us your, your information. And a lot of people, like, we're like, well, I work at five different jobs at two different venues, and I'm in a band too. And so that's the, that's the ecosystem that we're talking about. So they, 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 a lot of them had an inability to get money. We were able to get PPP and other money like that from, for our staff, and yet there's still... So, so but yes, yeah, 70,000 people is the number that we came up with that is that we could associate with our venues. It's all a right? stunning amount of people. No, it's a lot. And it's actually something that the city of Chicago and the state of Illinois, literally when we started talking about this, when we started saying, okay, if the hideout holds 150 people and Metro holds 1,000 and Talia holds 1,000 and we're open 365 days a year, okay? We're bringing in 3 million people that are going to go to our venues throughout the year. The, the, the Chicago Bears, they get about a million, okay? They get whatever, 60,000, 70,000 a game. More people, and oftentimes they talk about Navy Pier, or actually the Art Institute likes to say that they get up to 2 million people a year. More people go to small venues located all throughout the city, okay, from um, from uh, Promontory and Hyde Park, okay, um, up to, to Reggie's. So that is like... And, and all of those people are taking a, a cab or a lift. They're taking the CTA. Anyway, so we're just saying that the exponential effect of the amount of money that is generated in the city. And by the way, people go to a show at the Metro. 
and they stop at a restaurant nearby or they stop at a bar beforehand, have a couple drinks, walk into the metro, see the show, and then they go afterwards, you know, they have pizza or something like that or a hot dog across the street, a but devil there's dog. There's a whole pre and post game that's part of the concert ritual. It totally, and so that is the exponential effect of live music. Absolutely. And when we, so when at first, when people said, you know, at first uh, back in March when we were closed, you know, so, you know, people at the city were kind of like, okay, we get it. Yeah, we love you guys. You guys, you know, the bars are cool. And we're like, no, actually, we're music venues. And that's, that's, that's the thing. It's like a bar serves liquor. And actually, during COVID, many bars could serve drinks to go. But it's like, we actually serve live music. And the liquor isn't as the reason why people come to the hideout. They do, but they come to hear the bands and all that. And then they come to hear the band here. They go to restaurants and bars to hang out before and after. And they hang out here, too. But you know what I'm saying? So we're saying this is a really important part of the economic engine of Chicago. It's not a big theater. Like oftentimes when you talk to government officials and they were like, oh, theaters, Chicago theater. You're talking about, you know, we get it, the Lyric Opera. We need to save that. I know it. And Broadway in Chicago, they literally call it that. And we're like, yes, we need to save that. We also need to save that little dive bar that has the rowdy music. And trying to tell them, you know, and we call ourselves, the term we gave was independent venue, okay? And actually, that was a term that we had to really think about. Are we music venues, comedy clubs, you know, performance art places, weird spaces? What are we? We're venues, but we're independent. That's the key. And so, anyway. That, that was the right choice. Sorry, really. James. You know, uh, so, that all said, you've got these 70,000 employees. You've got these independent venues straight yeah. across the city. Yeah, Saturday night, the 17th at Hideout, yes. we have the Pine Valley Cosmonauts, John Lankford, the patron, patron saint of Chicago music, Yeah, on stage. They're playing this album, which is yeah. song for song, Tom Waits' first album. Yep. So we'll, we'll talk to Lankford about the, the inspiration behind that. How cool is this for you? It's incredibly cool for us. It's incredibly humbling for us. Um, it is, it's actually, it, you know... So there were times that all of us during this lockdown, we were just like paralyzed, right? What are we going to do? And um, just going like, well, the bar shut down. I mean, I'm used to every day of the week being at the hideout, Fridays and Saturday nights. Okay, that wasn't happening, right? At the same time, we were really living in a tragic time. It's hard to believe there was a whole other governmental administration and happening. It was a very depressing time. But John Langford, and, and Sally Timms and the people on this album here, it is like, really, John Langford, you call him a patron saint? He would laugh. I don't think he's very religious, okay? But John Langford is the kind of person, he's a man of action. And so he really was like, I can record. See, it, a musician, an artist, they perform on a stage. And that is a two, three-hour show, let's say, okay? But they also spend more time in the studio, they spend more time alone, like we actually all do. So social distancing, some of us had to kind of figure that out. But like John Langford and the musicians, they're like, they're used to spending hours in the studio sure. recording. And he was, and, and so his public persona, saintly, okay, also has a private persona, which he himself has an album called Old Devil. So he's that too. But my point is, he was like, he is a painter. He is the artist that did, he did this art. Sheila laid this all out. He did these photographs and made the art. 
He is an artist and he spends time in the studio creating visual art and creating um, um, audio, a vid- musical art. And he is like, okay, we're all shut down. It is the closing time. That's another really cool thing that the album Tom Waits made is closing time. And John called it the closing time. So he took that pun and he's basically saying, and it's called, and then he has 2020. So the year 2020, he's basically naming it the closing time. What was 2020? That was the closing time. All right. And so, um, and then he made, did something on it. He contacted his friends, all these people around the, the country and the world, and they recorded. He dubbed it. He did it. And it shows you how um, the Chicago, this is helping live music venues. But the real thing it's help, helping is actually the, the, this whole art, this whole creativity, this whole creative economy that you don't see, that's in the studio, you know? And, it, and so that's a really powerful thing that they never stop. Creativity can't be stopped. And John Langford can't be stopped. He's still at his guitar, even though he was socially distanced. And he was able, through modern digital media, to, you know, connect with other people. I, I know this is sounding obvious and redundant, you know, but it was like, this is the kind of thing where some of us are like, oh, my bar's closed. What are we going to do? John's like, I'll make an album. Well, this album is coming out. This album raises money. This album helps us. But really, more importantly to us, it's like um, acknowledging like who we are and what we do. Th- these are images of the hideout in yep, front 100%. that John took. And he has, you know, the photographs of different, some of these are taken from the photographs that are hanging up in the hideout of some of the performers that play. And so you look at this as like a class yearbook of the year 2020. It is. The it closing exactly time. It is. Yeah. And these are the people. And when you were down and out and when everything was bad, these, this is the class that stepped up and like, acknowledged, hey, you know, we care about you. And what's so great about this is, yes, the hideout's on the cover, okay, but that it's dedicated to all of the civil clubs and all of these performers that play at different clubs. So, yeah, it's a really amazing, um, humbling experience to, to have this happen and to be a part of this. And it just, it, it um, I don't know what the word is, but it makes you, when you... When you're like, you know what? And a lot of a number of venues closed and a number of restaurants have closed right in the last year. And these things are the kind of things. Why are we doing what we're doing? Maybe it's time. Maybe we need to just. And I can tell you, there are some very well-known venues that over the course of last year, we we talk every day now. The civil members. I love that. It really brought us together. And thank you, James, for like making the keeping this message going, having us on the air, letting people know what we're doing. We've been talking every day, and we were all talking through like, well, you know what, man. You know, we're getting old. Maybe it's time to just quit. Maybe it's time to stop. And this album, this kind of project, Josh Caterer's project that he did, that he did at a number of venues. It's like, it's like, no, guys, they, the artist, as a venue, you are honored to have an artist perform on your stage. And you often, I'll stand there and go, I cannot believe this person's playing here. I was the guy on the floor watching that band. I literally was the guy watching John Langford in 1992 when I saw him do a Sundowners tribute. And I was like, 
that I, I idolized them, right? I, I mean, I'm that guy. I remember hearing Memphis, Egypt on the radio for the first time. Yeah. And just having that be being a transformative moment. I'm that guy who still remembers myself as a kid hearing that song who can't believe that John Langford is next door calling bingo. No, he's doing that. And that's a great thing because he is, he, he's calling bingo. You know, on Saturday morning, he was over at Logan Square doing a protest, you know, for um, voting rights, I think, or, you know, the reorganization of the districts and doing that. And then, but he is constantly like, I forgot where he's going. He might be going to Wisconsin or he's constantly traveling. He's constantly going back to the UK and going to Europe, you know, when he was touring. And, and yeah, he is. And, but, and what he also is, is he, he is, he exemplifies this kind of idea in Chicago of a kind of a, whatever the network, per, the, he, he brings people together, you know, and so like he's out, he's like right now he's Dave Trumpio's in town. You know, Trumpio from the Pulsars. Yeah. And then one album on Elmo Sounds in the 90s, which I still love. That kind of yeah. pop stuff. Yeah. And he's got an L.A. studio, Gold Diggers now. And so he, um, but he, people like that, they take the Chicago sensibility. They take it to L.A. They always want to know they're still connected with the hometown. John Langford has this thing where he comes from Wales and he almost is hyper- um, observant than those of us that were born here. Yes. He's like, you know, the sundowners are good. You know, these bars are good. Like he, and so I know we're, we could, we could talk for hours about him, but he also, he's a maker and that's, what's great. So he isn't, he, he made this, he made this record. He put this together and you know, a really cool thing is Tom Waits you could have to ask John Langford about this. Tom Waits doesn't sell his music, and Tom Waits is very particular. Oh, I'm sure. About is. who's doing what with his music. And it was because Tom Waits knew Nikons was a fan. Awesome. It was Langford. And it was like, he can do this. All right. I trust him. And Tom Waits. And Tom Waits, this album came out in like 73. You know, and I was I was just, you know, going into high school. And so that's another crazy part of the story. You know, well, no, the crazy part is just being a kid when you're growing up and you're listening to Small Chains and Nine Hawks at the Diner and you're listening to Tom Waits and the Southern, this California scene, you know. And now that very person gave John Langford the the right to do this. John Langford went and he made that happen. You know, so cool. and yeah, it's it's a very unbelievable thing, you know, and um, and it's real. And now these records are made in limited edition. So I, I love collecting records. I love listening to records. I, I love music. Yeah. Um, I found that some of the records I've been collecting most often over the past six months are records recorded for or in the hideout. You mentioned the Josh Caterer record recorded Thank you. on that stage. Yeah. Stunning set of music yeah uh, here we are the only records i, I get now are hideout related so I, I don't know what's next but you got to come up with something we don't know what's we we don't know what's next either and there's no plan there's no it there's never been a plan we were just um that josh caterer thing was just that was josh this is john langford that was josh caterer and so it, it it's this kind of thing where i was you know i was talking to some people and we were talking about what makes Chicago different and that from New York and L.A. or other large cities. And 
there's this concept where in Chicago and at our venues, you are free to fail. So where are you going to make it? In New York City! Where are you going to go big time? Los Angeles, Hollywood, right? So Chicago, you're free to fail. And, and so we always look at ourselves like, oh, second city, we suck. You know, we didn't make it, right? In reality, like the great comedians, the great musicians, they can come. There are places to hide out, uh, you know, the bottle. There's these places, Reggie's, where you can rock out and you can try a new thing and you can have a new chance. And so our musicians here, like they can experiment and they know that in Chicago, Pretty much for the most part, instead of being like, you suck, who do you think you are? Except we did that to Kanye, okay? All right, especially the late Kanye, okay? But that's a problem we have when people get really big. We're like, wait a minute, come back to our level. But we're also saying to like other people, we're like, no, man, that's cool that maybe that was weird what you did, but you know, that's cool that you tried it. Yeah, the audiences are forgiving and... We're, for, we're appreciative and forgiving and that and we, we like to hear people experiment and try new stuff. And so there's this weird thing like, okay, you get it together, you woodshed, now you go New York and LA big time. But in reality, in modern times, like John is reminding us, Wilco, Jeff Tweedy's on this, you know, I'm, I'm not just saying you need to live here, but they're, they're a reminder that um, trying, like Chicago is just a great, supportive community okay of people who actually want you to succeed and all those old rules all those scripts of how you're supposed to succeed they're bullshit thank you for bringing sorry that is so thank you for making that clear because no success to us doesn't necessarily mean filling stadiums that's why john will do bingo that's fun jeff you know we look at there are bands bird wilco and stuff they play the chicago theater they play to five thousand people but we're like I mean, we'd love to see bands play stadiums. That's fine. But it's kind of like that isn't the ultimate level of success. Our bands are like, no, man, I'll play the Chicago Theater. I'll play the hideout. Like same bands. Like, I I don't know. It's like they are much more conscious of that. it's It's a lot of little things. As opposed to the one big thing. I know sometimes when I say this stuff, I think like, what a, that, no, there are bands that have had big hits and said, we want hits. That's good. Pop music is not a bad thing. But there is such a culture in Chicago of musicians. And one of the things that's really great about this that's kind of fun is like Spencer Tweedy and Jeff Tweedy are on this. I love that. I love that. Be- yeah, because there are, this the is. Generational torch has been passed. It's corny, but it's true. Mm-hmm. It's like, that is true. And so you will see at a lot of shows, there will be, uh, there are a lot of shows where there are people like in their young 20s and there are people in their 50s and stuff. And I think that's part of the history of Chicago. I 100%. You know? uh, what's kind of amusing me as we're talking, every time you open up the record, yeah, it's, it's making that, that like peeling plastic sound because it's stuck to the table from the beer that I know, smells. I know. That's the reality of being in a bar. That is the reality. The but danger. It, but again, we're at the hideout. We're here. Yeah. We did it. We're, we're, here's the end of the rainbow. Here's the pot of gold. We're in front of the stage of the hideout. This is so this I'll is go, wish fulfillment. I'll go this way and saying we haven't fulfilled our wish. We haven't made it. There is no pot at the end of the gold. At the there is no gold at wait, pot at the, pot at the golden gold pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Um 
I, in Chicago, there's this weird feeling like, um, I think that we haven't made it. We're all, but we're on this journey. And we're like, we're, we try to be like, this isn't, we're not the biggest stars. We haven't made it, but that's what we really like because we really, and the pandemic reminded us, yeah, this is kind of where we want to be. Like this is making it, or it, this is successful, that this is what we got. I'm not saying this is all, I mean, this is always what I dreamed, that we would have a bar like this and that these performers would play in a place like, and that I would be in a place like this. So, but I'm saying like, um, that, yeah, I'm just like the gold at the end. We might not be rich. (laughs) It might not be perfect. We might not have had what we thought we were going to have. What we got might be richer and better because we have this humble, like community of friends and that is okay when we fail and supportive. And no more has that been true than during the pandemic when Josh and, and, and John and, um, and Greg Hall at Virtue all right, and all the people where they came together and they helped us out and that we helped each other. And it's like a thing about civil too, where it's a funny thing. It's called the Chicago Independent Venue League. And we had to argue I love like a couple years ago when we argued over what we should call ourselves, like the Chicago Music, you know, Association or whatever. And we were going to independent and we were like, no, we are independent. This is we compete with each other. Right. But we're in a league. So we were looking at like it's like a softball league. Anyway, it's like but independence. So it's kind of like. We are trying. We we really want to be unique in Chicago. We really want to be different. But actually, we're all in a league that like wants to be together. Mm-hmm. But we yeah. So it's during the pandemic. What we realized was we're more together than we were apart. We realized a lot of the venues were like, okay, we were all out. We were all shut down. Okay, and so. It gave us a lot of time on Zoom, okay, and social, doing Zoom chats and stuff to actually talk to people. Because what, like other venues, what do we say to each other? Like if if I go to the empty bottle and see Bruce or something, he'll be like, hey, how's it going over there? Good, good. How's it going? What do you want, a PBR? And I'll be like, is that like a joke? You say, like, is I drink PBR? Or are you like trying to like, is that all you're going to give me? Are you being cheap? Maybe I want a fancy beer. It's like, oh, why? Do you think I want fancy beer? Fuck you. Do you want a beer? Get him a beer. All right, good to talk to you, Tim. Bye. And like, that's all. I see Joe at Metro and he's like, how's it going? Everything going good? Good, good. But we never talk. And during the pandemic, we were able to just like sit there on Zoom. It's like, where are you going? Yeah. I don't know, man. You know? And so we actually started out a year ago with like serious meetings, talking about specific issues and how government funding would work and what we would do for these, our these staff. These were existential issues for all of you. I mean, yeah. It was like really the hideout's lucky because we're the smallest place. We're the cheapest place to, to heat. Literally, the air conditioner wasn't even on when you walked in. We can turn off the energy here and we can get our utility bill down to about 100 bucks a month. So actually, we but the big venues, when you have a thousand person venue, okay, that's a lot of space to get through January to keep that warm. And, And so those are like technical utility bills, mortgage payments, real estate taxes, all of that kind of stuff, right? And so... 
then we also were able to talk to each other about how much like, you know, do you like John Langford? Yeah, well, you know the Mekons. Well, you know that one time they were on Virgin Records and then Virgin Records had this band and then we would talk about the Gang of Four and like our conversations drifted off into our love of music. That's every conversation I have. It just goes right down the rabbit hole. Yeah. Suddenly you're talking about Naughty Naughty by John Parr. You're like, how did I get here? <laughs> so we never, but those are conversations for years we never really had. And so it brought us together. And that thing that John, like in this album, Tom Waits is like, the music is about an isolated man who was socially distanced, Tom Waits, who in, he felt an outcast. And now it's closing time. And what am I going to do now? I don't have a woman. I don't have a partner. I don't have anyone. I'm alone now. And he's sitting there at the piano. And the piano has been drinking. I know that's not on this album. That's another one. But he's literally like, I'm drunk at the piano alone again. And I have nobody. And that's 2020. That and so that was what he talked about that happened in, it was happening in his life during his closing time. And then we take this here, whatever, 40 years later in 2020, and now it's forced upon us. Yeah. Everybody is going to be isolated now. And so how are you gonna deal with it? So the beautiful thing is the social, um, the social distancing that was required by law of all of us that Tom Waits had socially because of his lifestyle and culture, we actually did the opposite. The closing time that pushed us all closed actually brought us closer together. I love it. So, yeah, I know. I, sorry. So as we're recording this, we are days away. This album will be celebrated. It'll be performed right here at the hideout. Yes. Uh, it's, it's a fantastic thing. And it's for... 70,000 employees of venues, members of the Chicago Independent Venue League. Uh, really, what a wonderful cause. And any music fan who, who's listening or watching, you get it. You get the reason for this, and you get why this is so important and something to contribute to. Yeah. Uh, Tim, I love this. This is... Thank this you. Is and thank you to Virtue Cider and Greg Hall for being the real... They, none of us had any money, but John had this dream, and Greg Hall was really instrumental in helping making sure that dream was funded and supported and all this could happen. So now so the plan moving you. forward, once we get past the Saturday, we're just going to keep coming here. Yeah. That's the that's what I love about this album it says closing time 2020 and 2021 is the opening time. Right. Yep, and here. so, right. We're back here. And so now the great thing is all this creativity that built up the things that people, the albums that people were making, this is the tip of the iceberg. John made this brilliant album. Josh made those great albums. Um, other people have been recording stuff. Trey Elder made The Situation 1 and 2 that has a whole array of different musicians. Actually, our artists have been creating all year long, and now we move into this beautiful explosion of that's, like, that's wow. And it's that's so inspiring, you know, about where we're going to go. So. so we are at the hideout. That's Tim Tutton. This is Carco Carney. Thank you, Tim. Thank you. Thanks a lot. <laughs>